0: The truth is that you're going to feel those things. You're going to think those things, right? And it's still not helpful. But it's, not, it's not actually true that you should be taking it all on just because you wanted this baby so badly.
1: Hi, I'm Mary Wong. And I'm Dr. Tanya Wilde. We're wellness experts, fertility strategists, and moms who overcame infertility, infusing science and all things natural. We are on a mission to boost your mood, your bod, and your inner mama
2: spirit as you navigate this thing called life, from fertility to pregnancy and mamahood through
1: menopause. Think of us as your own personal fertility squad as you make, grow, birth, and raise your baby. Fasten your seatbelts, lean lean in, in, and get ready to learn and be encouraged. This is my Fertility podcast.
2: It's really about helping people thrive through their whole course of transitions in their lives. So that is definitely a topic about, you know, how do we thrive as parents? Because gosh, you know, we know that the fertility's journey is super hard, but we think, you know, once we go through it, it's like, okay, well, surely I'm going to catch a break. And yet, you know, we can all chuckle because we've now are on the other side and it's like, Oh, my gosh, there's no real break because we just face other challenges that look different. And we can't undermine those experiences either. So that's why we thought that it'd be important. So with with regards to the stress and not stress about being stressed as we are about to labor and deliver as we are new moms. So let's transition into that piece.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you speak to that? So the labor delivery part honestly I love hypnotherapy for that like just help yourself go go seek the support you need to help you learn to truly calm your system and learn those techniques there there's that's all I've got to say. Like, you know. oh
2: my gosh, I love that because <laughs> didn't I use that? And and Sean Gallagher, who's part of my life, holistic, how she is the bomb. Like, she is the real deal. She she was actually a, I don't know if you know this, but she was a former midwife first, but got burnt mm-hmm. out, and then did doula work, and then was it doing hypno birthing, and then now she does actually hypnofertility and birthing, and really life's experiences again. So awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So yeah. then how about postpartum? You know, you have a you you got pregnant, like you finally have your baby that you've been anticipating for, you know, years. And then there's a certain mindset about how we should be. And I love some of your work. I've I've um I subscribed to your email. I'm a part of your email list and some of the things that you come up with. I love it. So I would love for you to share um, about, you know, being a new mom, some of the thoughts and challenges that go with that and how you would address it.
0: Totally. Yeah. Especially after infertility, right? This is critical. Yes. Yes.
2: Yes. It's, very it's,
0: specific. It's, so, um, so a new mom obviously is a bit vigilant about their child typically, right? You know, that's normal. When we've been through fertility, 10 X that. Like, really up-level it, okay? It's significantly more because of the journey we've been on. Is right? it
2: in research? Like, does it show us? Like, uh, certainly, I see it, but like, is
1: it in research? I don't think it's
0: been researched.
1: There okay. was a study, a small study, I think it was based in Israel, and where they talk about how parents who have suffered the or gone through the fertility process to get pregnant, that they were more involved parents <laughs> like they were mm, better right. they, they, like they couldn't say better parents but they were like more involved and more you know I guess uh vigilant so like you said so yes. it, it, it was a small but so, yeah a study yeah I, was, yeah I was searching it because I was like am I just not like <laughs> what else first yeah. Griffin just thinking how worried I was and like getting the angel care monitor to make sure he's breathing and
0: yeah totally Totally, 100%. Yeah. Uh, so that is, again, nor- normalize this all, right? This is normal. It's, it's normal. Is it ultimately helpful for you or the baby? No, obviously, yeah, right? Because we don't want to be in that heightened state. But the, but I just want to normalize it. The hypervigilance is normal. Give yourself some compassion again that I've been through a lot. And yes, I have this baby, And they're so precious. So, of course, I'm going to. Now, that doesn't mean that others don't think their babies are precious. Of course, they do. But there's just that that extra piece when we've been through fertility. So, that's where uh, the compassion is a key piece here around it's okay. And going back to techniques, right? how do I want to help to soothe that? Because we know from the research that when parents are anxious, the child picks it up. There is no debate here. Right. So my motto when I work with all parents is when I'm well, they're well. So if I want something's going on with my child, it doesn't mean I caused it. But if I now jump on it and I get more worried about it, you're actually now we're feeding it. Right. So my job is to then look at how do I take care of me? to make sure that i'm in this really grounded loving space to be able to comfort and soothe them when they're feeling not well whether that's physically or emotionally whatever that is so it comes back to to me so again worry normal okay i'm but it's not helpful so let's do things to help me so you matter Like mom, you matter. Like it's just really critical. Dad matters too. I just—it's just, but it's you know, parents matter. And uh, at the newborn stage, I want you to just be aware. Okay, how do I help myself, right? So how do I help to bring it down? What do I need to do? If I need to seek support, go get it, right? If I need to ask for more people, like that village piece, go bring people in. Nannies, grandparents, whoever, right? the The neighbor's kid bring them in to help you. It's but, well, okay. I'm mean, I, I
2: I really really appreciate this piece. But what if you're that person who says, "Yeah, but I should be able to handle it all, and I don't want to ask anybody because you know I took so long to get her. I should be able to handle it."
0: Yes, so that's the that's the guilt and the pressure that people put on themselves. So thank you for for naming that, right? Because right? it's true but it's not true. I Meaning, it's true that you feel that, but it's not true that you are supposed to, oh, where did I go? Are you there? Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's, the truth is that you're going to feel those things. You're going to think those things, right? And it's still not helpful. But it's not, it's not actually true that you should be taking it all on just because you wanted this baby so badly. Once you become a parent, you're in the same group as everybody else. So a newborn is a lot. A newborn doesn't sleep. Again, back to being human. We're human. We need sleep, right? Mm-hmm. So if I need to have somebody come and 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 watch my child overnight, even okay, right? You know, then I'll pump if I'm if I'm nursing or if I'm using formula and even easier. Like it, it's really it's really about. Allowing yourself the permission to remember that when I'm well, they're well. So, how about, how about when you're
2: so tied to I have to make sure that this baby's well, so I don't trust anybody else to do it?
0: Mm, yeah, great one. So good. Yeah, so good. I love that. Uh, yeah. And that is where we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So in personal growth, it's a big term, right? Get get familiar yes, with the unfamiliar, get comfortable with uncomfortable. And it needs to be brought into this world too, because it's the, it's the truth. We have to move through that by acknowledging again that I get why I'm feeling like this and it's still not helpful. Right. So It's going to feel uncomfortable while I'm feeling, okay, so now I've left the baby with, let's say, my partner or uh, my, my mother or something like that, right? And I'm like, oh, boy, can they handle it? Oh, no, what are they thinking? Maybe they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe she would leave and just leave me here with the baby. Like, maybe they're judging, right? It's possible. Uh, maybe don't pick that person if possible, but you know, if, if you have no choice and that's the person, then it's still, it's reconnecting to you and saying, you know what, they just need to say that and do that. I'm not doing anything wrong. Self-care is critical to being a good parent. That's like, it's just a rule. I, I'm not even going to be like, it's an opinion. It's not an opinion. It's not an opinion. I think opinion.
1: having I conversations before is really helpful. And talking about this while pregnant, recognizing that this could be a thing for you, you're going to want to take control, you're going to want to do it all the primal instinct is like high gear. And if you like have these discussions with a doctor or a psychologist, therapist, about how are you going to involve your in-laws and your parents and to find strategies so that you don't burn out because that's why postpartum depression and anxiety is such a big thing because even with parents who haven't gone through fertility, they go through this where they're like, I can do it all. Cause I'm, it's my baby. I have to be the one. And yeah. So like, it, I think it's such an important conversation. And then even breastfeeding, like there's this such a powerful, like, you know, drive from some women to breastfeed exclusively, mm-hmm. but even the concept to introduce that baby bottle at 3 weeks whether you're pumping milk into it or if you're if it's okay if you're involving like the combination of formula and breast milk and then you're involving your partner so that they're taking one of the feeds so you can actually get sleep and uh, one of the rules i always say is like make sure you're getting 6 hours sleep between you and your partner within a 24 hour period so you don't feel like you're going crazy loopy like it's just protect that sleep so that you can then make rational decisions and have other people help you, <laughs> because it gets the spiral can go down, right? Well, it so it's, it
2: sounds like you know, Tanya, you're saying about you know basically shifting your story about how things should look like, because you know that that self judgment of I should take care of it all or i should exclusively be able to do breast milk like you know these are all the
1: shoulda coulda woulda and it doesn't help it doesn't help but it does exactly so it's like having that feeling of flexibility in kind of just inter, like (laughs) bring it in just be like you know make your flexibility be your part of one of your mantras or like you know i am flexible and i like you're saying Uh, Dr. Juliet that you uh, need and it's okay to need the village the village that you're going to create ahead of time and be okay with because then you won't feel at a certain point once that initial postpartum rush is over just spent because people will often kind of come in and want to help in that first few weeks, six weeks to three months, but it doesn't end there. Parenting keeps on going. (laughs) So so if you can be organized enough before the sleep deprivation starts, you know, in the, in those first few weeks, um, and you're trying to catch up on that and find your rhythm, if you prepare ahead of time, your team, your village, and then recognize you're going to need them, it's okay to be flexible to bring them in. Um, even if you're like, okay, just planting those seeds so that if you do hit a burnout period, you're like, okay, what were we talking about when I was pregnant meeting the village? Okay, now I'm totally raiding them in. So
2: I would love to add two points if that's okay. One is that the concept of, you know, being us now living in uh, single home dwellings versus back in the day when we li- literally were utilizing our village, our community. And that's just the way it was like, kids were brought up within community, grandparents and, you know, aunties and village, other mothers, and, you know, they would take care of each other, right? With cooking and cleaning and washing clothes, right, as a community. And now we just don't have that. So why the heck would we put that kind of pressure on ourselves to be able to do it all? It's, it's just, to me, unrealistic. Yet we do it.
0: Yes. <clears throat> yeah, we, we, you know, uh, if I could speak, can I speak to that?
2: Hundred percent. This is your show. I'll be quiet. <laughs>
0: Not at all. No. You guys are giving me these great questions. I love it. It's a beautiful <laughs> examples. So uh, the um, the learning that happens to us is so early, right? So our subconscious wiring. We get we get we get all this messaging very very early on when we were zero to seven years old. So let's say we had a mom who also tried to do it all. You know, now it's that's the way. So even though we're going to do the planning and the prepping and we've consulted with a psychologist or whoever, uh, and it's all good intention, when push comes to shove, we are going to sabotage ourselves at the, in the moment and forget that we had that list. Mm. Right? It's very common. So, and that's because it's bigger than us. So, the subconscious wiring is it runs our life actually. Only five to 10% of our life is run by our conscious mind. So, the subconscious is everything we heard when we you were younger, stories everywhere, right? You know, role modeling for sure. So, what I always sort of suggest is really slowing down when you're feeling that burnout, when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling that uh, recognize that you are probably sabotaging, again, pretty natural. And uh, then it's allowing yourself to, again, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, but by soothing yourself, not by pushing through. So people like to pursue, just suck it up, do it. What are you doing? Just, you know, like, just ask. I'm not that person. That's not how I guide. I guide through soothing and comforting and really connecting to, you know, the experience or what you're going through and then saying, and I got to do it. Right. So how am I going to help myself make it a little bit better? So just like on a separate note, I don't like public speaking at all. And uh, the, when I'm, when I'm like on a stage, sometimes I get quite nervous, like my voice shakes and on here is not a problem. Zoom for some reason is not an issue, but, (laughs) but, but on the stage it is in person. And, uh, and so when I get up there, I acknowledge I'm uncomfortable, but then I soothe it. I don't just like grin and bear it and try to like, get through it. I actually like, before I get on, I really do my breath. I really try and soothe. I'm like, okay, I'm feeling it. Start to get a little anxious. Okay. I'm going to soothe and comfort again. It's okay to slow down on stage, you know, uh, and and give yourself that permission to soothe so that you can get to the other side. Is that, is that reasonable? It's
2: more than reasonable. And uh. So again, it's back to utilizing your breath. Well, two things: one, just to catch yourself that you're in, going there, so bringing the consciousness, acknowledging to
1: it, the emotion,
2: and acknowledging the emotion, and then redirecting through your
0: breath. Totally, totally, exactly, doing. exactly.
2: So, are you visualizing when you're doing your breaths? Are you counting? Uh,
0: I count, but, uh, but I mean, not on stage, I would count just to kind of keep me on track, but for other situations, if you're a visualizer, go for it. If audio works for you, use something to help you, right? Like know the kind of learner that you are. If kinesthetic is the way, put your hand on your heart, like, mm-hmm. like connect, right. You know, we're all different learners. Uh, personally, I am visual and kinesthetic. So I, I do try to kind of put the hand on the I'm done the heart thing is a big thing for me so you know i'm creating this whole habit and all that around the heart but it's really about knowing yourself and what what resonates for you
2: so can you speak to more about the uh, the type of learner that one a person is because you know there's so many tools you can read about so many different things so i think the person needs to have their own self awareness of what kind of learner they are so they need to know what types of learner no, I don't even know how to say it. But like, what kind of learner are you and what, what does that mean?
0: Yeah, totally. So a kinesthetic learner would learn through touch, so physical. So like, you know, a mechanic or something would be, would be a physical learner. They're not going to learn by looking at the textbook. They're going to learn by actually changing the engine, right? You know, so, so that's going to be through touch. Uh, the visual learner can close their eyes and they can see. They can see the future. They can see the past. They're they're able to really, in detail, visualize it, right? Uh, The auditory, they're able to hear it, and they learn better when they hear it, let's say, a lecture, right? Uh, I can't pay attention to a lecture for too long, right? You know, uh, I do need some other sort of stimulation. So like when I do, if you go on my YouTube channel, you'll see I do like a lot of drawing and things for people to change it up, right? It's not just me talking, but the drawing, there's other things going on. Sometimes I haven't built them all in yet, but I'm, uh, but I'm trying to acknowledge that people learn differently. Right? And then the other one is auditory digital, which means they'll need a lot of detail. What's the science? What's the, you know, and they really need to know that before they'll finally be able to do it. So there's no right or wrong answer to this. Know who you are and take that route.
2: Right? Yeah. That's great. So, gosh, like we've come full circle. We've talked about preconception, pregnancy, postpartum, and now this baby's in front of you and being kind to yourself is there anything else you want to add into all this like is there because you do all these uh you you have a program correct share yeah. with us about that like what does that look like and you know being a part of someone else's village and how how community is helpful but then what else do you have people doing as yeah. part of
0: their toolbox totally totally so i have after doing all the work with fertility and then many of them becoming parents, you know, I, they just continue the journey with me. And so I've created a a group transformation program for parenting after infertility with newborns very cool okay. because it's it's it is specific, right? Because that yes. extra vigilance. there's the extra there's the the what's next wiring that's happened, especially if you had a long fertility journey, it's, okay, well, how do I get a baby, right? So what's next? What's the next step? What's the next step? So being present in the moment is really hard. So it's, it's, but when we're parenting, what's next, what's next is this social norm thing of keeping up with the Joneses, which is obviously not helpful. So we want to actually train and rewire. So I take them through techniques to bring them back to the moment and be mindful and recognize again, I get why you're saying what's next. And Hey, let's come back. Right. Uh, to the, to the now. So we go through that and then, um, the other really common piece is around the guilt, as you talked about. So, you know, um, yeah, the guilt around uh, I should be happy all the time. Yes. Right? I just had a baby that I've been trying to conceive for seven years. Why am I not like overjoyed every moment of the day? <laughs> and, you know, and, and and of course there are moments of joy. Absolutely. And going back to being human, we, it's not physically possible to sustain being happy all the time. It literally is not possible. <laughs> so, so, we need to take that myth out, right, you know, and help again to normalize that you're allowed to have really bad days and exhausting days and all of that, right? Because at the end of the day, you're a human. Human first, mom second.
1: Okay. You're allowed to have it and complain about
0: it. Exactly. Yes. 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 Totally. Totally. Yes. So look, if it's becoming a daily complaint, then let's what what do we need to do to help ourselves? Sure. Right. So, but let's let's so.
2: recognize though. Let's recognize that, you know, what exactly what Tanya said. It's like, oh my gosh. Well, but both you said it's, you know, now that I have a baby, I'm not even allowed to complain. Because when I was trying to conceive, I'm just gonna say I, as in like all of us trying to conceive, we would judge others and say, gosh, you have no lu- no idea how lucky you are and you should not com- be complaining, right? That com- conversation was there when you're trying to conceive so that when you finally have your baby, it's like, oh, I'm not allowed to complain. Because I remember when I was,
1: where I was sitting before. It's all mm-hmm. self-induced judgment. It's all self-induced. Absolutely. Totally. <laughs> so, recognizing right. when you catch yourself in that, that it's okay. You don't, you can't feel guilty about having those thoughts. Um, but it doesn't mean that because you have those thoughts that you're now not allowed to complain because you're a parent like everybody else. And, you know, if you're, if you're really like, you know, uh, Dr. Julia is saying like, just caught up in in the complaining, absolutely figure out how to, you know, rein in the village and get some self-care happening. But at the end of the day, getting your complaints out, it's also a way to air your feelings because parenting is one of the hardest jobs in the world. Mm-hmm. Totally. totally.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. So that,
1: so. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think fertility, like you feel like one of my patients said, like you're in the trenches when you're going through the fertility journey. And when you're in your parenting zone, there's a lightness. There's like a, oh, I don't have to be there in the trenches, but there's still like, there's a lot going on and it's constant. So you have to create your breaks, right? It's a different trench. It's a different (laughs) trench. Yes. Right. It's totally. just a different phase of
2: life. So it's yeah. like I said, from the get go, I mean, it's just different challenges or, you know, when a child, as they grow, it's like, there's just different challenges that goes with it, the developmental stages of a child as well. Right. On them and on you.
0: as a parent. Totally. And what I will say to that, guys, is that if you feel like it's just continuously feeling like it's a struggle, then that's actually to me, not, not normal. Right? It's common. Not normal. Right. Right. So uh, those are the times when we have to sort of slow down and say, "Okay, what's happening here? Because, again, that's going to affect my child as well. So we want to sort of step back and go, is it really supposed to be this hard? And the answer is no. Right. You know, when people meet me and they're like, oh, you have teens or when a few years ago when I had teenagers, they're they're like, oh, poor you. I'm like, it's not for me. Like, it's not like I did the work, you know, to make sure it wasn't for me. So it is possible To not have it go that way, right? Uh, Versus thinking it's normal to like the whole, all of society thinks if you have a teenager, your life's over, right? You know, and (laughs) and, uh,
2: (laughs) yeah, I actually, I'm going to be honest, I have fear around that because she's 10. Yeah, yeah, totally. totally.
0: And and this is, this is, it doesn't need to be like that. So it's really learning because we've never been taught how to parent, by the way. Right. And I'm, I'm, and you're the first people to hear this publicly, but I'm changing the word parent to influencer. Yes. You're an influencer. Okay. Yes. It's a good, good title. You're an influencer, right? You know, and that is who you are. So when you start owning it, because what does the word parent mean? No one knows. There's a million opinions on what parenting is, and, and so, but we all know what an influencer is. I have an influence on you. There's a direct definition. So, it's it's starting to own that and re- recognizing when I'm aware of the influence I'm having, then I can make the changes. If that influence isn't helpful because the child is reacting X, Y, or Z ways, maybe I'm doing something that I can change. And a lot of people say, "You sound like you're blaming." And I'm like, I'm, "I'm empowering, but I need to blame you to empower you because you actually can make the changes, and okay. that will help, right?" Does that? Is yes. That,
1: yeah. Yes, and focusing on you, the air mask, the, you know, the the oxygen mask on you first—that whole concept. If you're taking care of yourself, then your responses to the stress they might be perceiving your children might be perceiving it's going to be better so if you're a better human better model you're a better influencer i love it yeah yeah totally. it, makes, totally. it makes sense and get help because it's not uh um, yeah. something that's always wired you know uh like the instincts exactly. are there but it's the way we run society is different than the primal instincts you know like <laughs> sometimes it's counter to the primal instincts so it makes totally. sense to, to kind of guidance so there's no right or wrong but there's always like finding that balance, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: So let's just
1: let's just wind this down
2: and do a quick recap of what you have wisely shared with us.
0: So
1: as a person
2: transverse. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna let you
1: do the wind down. Thank you guys. Thank you so Thank you so thank much. You.
2: Okay. So just a quick recap of um what you have shared with us. So that people will walk away like yes, yes, and yes. Just be reminded. You want me to remember? <laughs> yes, yes. Like, well, it just terms of <laughs> like, you I'm know, how <laughs> do you, <laughs> it, it, the whole title is like how how to um, not stress about being stressed, right? So right. recognizing that, and then having actual tools in your toolbox to um, deal with the stress that is there.
0: Totally. So so really start with compassion right? We've been through a long and difficult journey. We have to have self-compassion. It is critical to this entire process from beginning to end, right? That doesn't mean we're giving in or like being lazy somehow. We're just being kind to ourselves. And the research shows kindness to ourselves makes us happier. So that's important. Uh, The second part is, yes, becoming aware and just noticing. Start with just noticing, when I notice I'm in that worry state, when I notice that I'm, you know, avoiding grief, when I notice that I'm, you know, highly feeling this like level of stress and vigilance, depending on the stage we're, we're talking about, you know, what would I like to do for myself to help myself right now? Right. And those are those techniques. So you can again, download the energy protocol because uh, they're all written there. Um, but the, Second part of that is if I'm not doing the techniques. So here I am. I'm aware. I know what I need to do. I even learned the breathing. I, so I've learned what. But the implementation is going out the window because I'm sabotaging it. That's where we need to look at what's going on a little more closely, right? Uh, and so there, there I would look into getting some more support uh, around that to self-reflect. Um, but at the end of the day, and this is, again, the different part, but inner child I didn't talk about, that's what, what, when we're struggling consistently, that and it's an uphill battle, we're not connected with our inner child, we're not hearing our authentic needs, and so we are uh, not able to actually follow through with anything because we keep falling back on what we learned as truths which versus our truths getting a little philosophical now but anyway the the point is that there there are things that one can still do so if you're getting frustrated that i know i should do this right i can see i'm worrying i'm supposed to breathe you know uh, and i just can't get to it every once in a while who cares but if you just never get to it right you know more times than not you're not there you can do some some more inner work to be able to help to release that again with compassion and kindness
2: Love that. Thank you so much for speaking to this today and taking so much time and energy. And with that, I, I just want to share with everyone that you're currently writing a book. What is it called? Uh,
0: I don't know the for sure title, but oh, the, okay. the practice <laughs> is, is The Habit of Heart. Um, right. And uh, I mean, a talk that I'm doing, I'm going to be calling it Whose Mind Is It Anyway? So it's kind of got got some themes around sabotage and things like that.
2: Yes. But so we'll put it in our show notes when the episode comes out and how to contact you and all that information. And we'll certainly share some of your ideas um, on Instagram. So follow us on Instagram
0: and follow you on Instagram. What's your Instagram? Um, Uh, Just at Dr. Julia Sen. So D-R-J-U-L-I-A-S-E-N. And uh, honestly, Mary, just, uh, just in case people, I don't take an individual anymore. I'm only doing groups. So, Um, and talks and things like that. But really, it's, yeah, the individual is, I've got my people, we're good. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that piece. But thank you, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate it. This was fantastic. And again, you, got, you brought some great examples, so I loved it. Yeah.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Excellent.